Good afternoon, and welcome to the Middle East Forum's webinar and podcast series, Israel Insider, this week with Neva Dromi. I'm Stacey Roman, and I will be moderating this discussion today. We are pleased to have Neva Dromi, who oversees the day-to-day -day activities of the MEF's Israel Victory Project, join us this week to update us on all the events going on in Israel. Neva will be speaking for 15 minutes and open it up for questions. Should you wish to ask a question, please use the Q&A box located at the bottom of your screen to type your question. And with that, I'll turn the discussion over to Navet Dromi. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon. Um, I, I'm replacing Ashley Perry that usually uh, speaks at this webinar. Um, I know that Ashley um, was supposed to speak about the legal changes that might be in the next government. Uh, I'll speak about this, but I think that um, the bigger uh, thing today is that in a few hours from now, or maybe even a few minutes, Benjamin Netanyahu will call the president Itzhak Herzog and will say to him, um, in Hebrew we call it Allah Bayadi, uh, I have managed, uh, which means that I have managed to uh, establish a government. I have to say that it comes a bit um, longer. It took a longer time than what people thought it will take. Uh, I remind you the elections uh, were held in November 4th and you know, we are now at December, December 21st, which is almost two months. Um, people thought it will take shorter time because the government that is being established is um, all the parties that were in the Netanyahu camp before, they were all together in the opposition, and now they are all together in the new coalition and the government which will be established. And there is a very uh, interesting situation here uh, these days. It's like everyone knows that the government will be established, but there are different difficulties. As I said, it took longer time all the parties wanted to maximize their, uh, their uh, success. They wanted to get more. In the Likud itself, there were some arguments between Netanyahu advisors and some Knesset members, and things weren't going easy for them. And also in the opposition, you can see, you can see something very interesting, the criticism of the camp of uh, Yair Lapid and Benny Gantz and Avigdor Lieberman and Merav Michaeli, which are getting criticized from their voters for not doing enough to fight the new laws that the new government want to promote. And I'll explain, and this is where the legal issues and other issues are coming into hand. Some of the main uh, things that the new government promised to its voters is to have a reform when it comes to the legal issues. Um, voters from um, Netanyahu camp, uh, of voters of Netanyahu, Smotrich, Itamar Benvir, and even the ultra-Orthodox parties, they voted because their leaders promised them a reform in the legal system in Israel. This is one of the main issues that, um, that is important to those voters. 
and some of the things that those leaders want to achieve in order to promise, in order to, to fulfill what they promised to their voters is some things that the opposition is against. And uh, there are there is a big discussions in Israel about those things. Another issue that creating a discussion here or even a debate between the Knesset members, it's everything that um, will go under Itamar Ben-Gvir, which is supposed to be the new minister of the interior, uh, of the interior security. He is replacing Omer Barlev from the labor. And what he is asking, he wants to have more power in his hands over the police. Today, the Minister of Interior Security um, doesn't have a lot of power over the police. Uh, he can't tell them what to do in many cases. Um, they are kind of a free and independent institution. And he asked to have more power over them so he can control some of the things that they do. To some people, it sounds very reasonable. And to others, it sounds um, dramatic because for them, it seems that if he takes more control over the police, then they think he somehow um, that it's it's not uh, how will I rephrase it? It's not how the situation and the relationship between the minister and the police should be. And there is a big discussion because those who are pro Itamar Ben-Gvir saying, how can the Minister of Defense can't control the army? Of course he does. He have connection with the chief of staff and they decide things together. And if the Minister of Defense wants something, even if the chief of staff doesn't want it, he still has to do it. It's not the case between the minister of interior security and the chief of the police today. The chief of the police can decide that he does things his own way, even if the minister uh, doesn't accept it. Um, so this is one of the big arguments and the legal system is also involved here because you can see that the legal advisor of the Knesset, not all of them are working or loving this change that Itamar ben want to do in the power that he has as Minister of uh, Interior Defense. So when the coalition, the new coalition that is being built, trying to promote the laws and the reforms and the changes that they want to do, they have problems not only with the opposition, but also with some of the legal advisors who are against uh, those steps. And now the question is, if they will do it even if the legal advisors doesn't like it, or if they will listen to the legal advisors. Uh, of course, um, there are different, I mean, from outside the Knesset, there are legal advisors that saying that this is what Itamar Ben-Gvir should do because the fact that he doesn't have any control over the police, uh, it's kind of grotesque. Um, so as I see it, I think that in the end of the day, Itamar Ben-Gvir will manage to do this change. He will be able to promote the reform that he wants to do, but then 
he will be under it will be in a problem because once he did this change everyone will look at him very closely to see if things if things are really getting changed and i think the main issue that will concern the people not matter if they are right or left jews arabs it's everything that considered the violence inside um, the the arab society which is suffering from a very high um, violence between uh, the crime organizations only yesterday two years old boy was killed and uh, there was a big storm in israel about it uh, ministers the chief of staff uh, went there there is a huge problem in this in israel and this itamar benvir managed to do these changes he will have to give answers to everyone in Israel, not just the Arab uh, Israeli society, but everyone. So it's a bit tricky, uh, the, the reform that he uh, wants to do. In the opposition, beside the things that they are trying to change with the coalition that is being built, something interesting happened um, yesterday when some of their voters uh, wrote posts and the articles saying that they are very disappointed from their leaders, those who just were still in their job. They are still ministers, but their voters are, are disappointed because they expected from them to be more uh, to be more vocal and to stand more for the for the changes that they see from the upcoming coalition. And you can see that their leaders. Yair Lapid and Vladimir Belik from Yeshatid, mainly, I have to say, mainly Yeshatid uh, Knesset members are reacting to this criticism and saying that um, they, they are against the reform, they are against the changes. And you can see that the voters of their camp are not satisfied with it. I'll give you an example. Uh, there was supposed to be a vote about Ben Gvir's uh, new reform, and instead of fighting Itamar Ben Gvir and the law from the eyes of the of Yair Lapid voters, instead of fighting these laws and the changes they want to do, they got to an agreement between the new coalition and the new opposition that the votes about Itamar Ben Gvir's new law will be on agreement hour of the day which will mean that it will pass in the end of the day. And their voters wanted to see a filibuster in the Knesset. They wanted them to stand there all night and read so they vote over the laws, will take time, they will postpone it. And from their point of view, it seems like the new opposition is giving up. And it's not fighting their fight. And it's interesting to see how from their eyes, they're doing the completely different. There was a discussion in the Knesset this week about Itamar Ben-Gvir law, which Merav Ben-Ari from Yeshatid was there and other people from Yeshatid and the Benny Gantz party were there. They sat there for more over than eight hours just to discuss uh, this law. So just to give you an example of what's going on from uh, their eyes, the Knesset members of the new opposition are there, they are sitting, they are fighting, but their voters think it's not enough. And in the Netanyahu camp, 
They are trying to build the government for over almost, almost two months now. And in their eyes, they are doing the best. They are building the best a right-wing government that they could have think about. But from their voters' eyes, it seems like it's taking too long. It's almost two months. They thought it will be much shorter. Uh, it's not related, but something very interesting that happened today that might uh, point out political things that can happen in the next months is that Benny Gantz uh, decided to not release a body of a Palestinian terrorist to a funeral uh, in the PLO areas. Uh, a terror, uh, a Palestinian terrorist named Abu Hamid uh, died from cancer in an Israeli hospital. He was sentenced to a seven um, world, uh, world, uh, world prison. I'm not sure I'm saying it right in English. And he died a few days ago in the prison. He killed about seven Israelis and was um, part of other terror attacks. And once he died, the PLO uh, said that they are waiting for his body to bury it. And once the body, if the body would got there, then they would bury it with a lot of respect and will do a celebrations. And the families of the victims in Israel wrote a letter to Benny Gantz asking to not release the body unless Israel gets something for it, like the bodies of the soldiers on Shaul and Adar Goldin. And today people were uh, kind of surprised to see that Benny Gantz decided not to release the body of the Palestinian terrorist. And it's interesting because everyone speaks about the possibility that in few months from now, maybe a year, Benny Gantz will join Netanyahu government. Um, and the steps that he did today might uh, approve it in one way or another, because it's considered to be something that the government of Yair Lapid wouldn't do. Uh, for example. So this is something that we should look at, not only in the eyes of the conflict between Israel and the Palestinians, but also in the eyes about the political process because things are moving. People always keep saying that Netanyahu is not completely satisfied satisfy with the government that he has people saying that he is the left-wing part of his government. So things are very interesting. It will be interesting to follow different events, which are not, I mean, from the outside doesn't look political, but they are very political. And this event with Benny Gantz and this uh, terrorist uh, body uh, might be one of these events that we should learn from uh, about the future. Um, I hope it was interesting and that I was able to transfer some of the feelings and the events and the process that are going on uh, in Israel these days. I'm happy to answer any question. All right, thank you so much. The first one is from Murray Feldman. Can Netanyahu control his religious allies or is it like 1933 Germany? Does Netanyahu have a the tiger by the tail, so to speak? Uh, if the opposition brings down Netanyahu, the religious group will bring down the opposition. I'm not, can you repeat the question? Sure. Uh, can Netanyahu control his religious allies? Uh, I think he does. 
I mean, uh, I guess it's it's depend on the person you ask, but um, it seems like Netanyahu was able to maintain some of the biggest uh, jobs in the new government to his party, to the Likud. Um, and, and through the years, Netanyahu was able to walk with the Orthodox, uh, with the ultra-Orthodox allies. So I don't see any reason it won't work uh, today. Thank you. And uh, we've been talking for a few weeks now about what you're speaking about with Gantz and potentially joining Netanyahu. Uh, Ashley was uh, speculating that possibly he was holding out a minister position for Gantz. Uh, do you still see that as an option? No, I don't see it as an option. I think uh, Benny Gantz has wants to solve some things inside his party before it goes in. I'm not sure he would like to go in with his entire party to the new government. He might take some of his people. And again, it will take time because the voters of Netanyahu right now wouldn't like to see Benny Gantz in the government. Uh, so Netanyahu will need to take some time before he, he does something like this. And I have to say about uh, the, the, the other question that sometimes the ultra-Orthodox are being, are playing the game. Uh, people think that they are very extreme, um, and but they are very, as I see it, as a secular uh, woman living in Israel, uh, I'm not getting afraid from some of the things that they are demanding because their demands doesn't affect me or my life. Um, and I think that I mean, for example, in the new agreements, there are some issues which for me it's important, like things that will make it easier for the ultra-Orthodox to get involved in the general public, which is good. I don't want, I would like to see more ultra-Orthodox in my area, to see them involved in our community and not getting closer in their community. So in this aspect, um, I think the, uh, the agreements between the old outdog parties to the coalition are positive to the Israeli public. Thank you. A different side of that, Carrie Hillebrand asks, why isn't there a serious backlash by IDF veterans, parents of draftees, bereaved parents, etc., to the wholesale draft deferments and increasing benefits given to uh, the yeshiva students? Because there is, um, if I understand correctly, there is a question about why any military people, former, are not rejecting the benefits to the yeshiva students. Because I'm not sure that the benefits to the yeshiva students are so, uh, are so uh, again, it's dependent on point of view. I'm not in a position uh, where I think that uh, the payment for the yeshiva students if they threatened me. I don't uh, think that uh, involvement of yeshiva students in the IDF is the main problem. I think that we should be more concerned about them getting involved in the public. And it will come not from the army, but from going to the academia and going to work. Um, this is the main issue and also you have to remember that there is a lot of criticism in Israel about the pension of uh, military uh, persons 
that uh, they leave the army in a very, very young age uh, and get a very big pension. I'm sorry, I'm moving because my little kid just woke up and she's joining me. Um, and uh, so it's not so easy and you can find people um, again secular like me that served in the IDF and think that the involvement of Haredim in the public it's a major challenge of Israel but it should come from the civil life and not uh, mainly from the IDF thank you so much but uh, Barry Werner asks, uh, we've talked about this quite a few times, but uh, given that Netanyahu is probably making that call this evening, uh, what do you think the the reaction of the West will be to the new government? I think the same reaction that was in the past for the same government. Um, I think uh, um, they might criticize it. Um, I'm, I'm not sure it's something that um, I, I can be the person to answer it because I'm not a public relations or an international expert. But I think that in the past, uh, to other Netanyahu governments, there was a, a, not a very good reaction. I don't see a reason why it will be different now. Thank you. Uh... Is there any uh, official opposition leader as of now? Uh, it's an interesting question. Uh, today I met uh, two free, two people from the Labour Party. Um, and, and they don't, I mean, I, I can't answer this question because it won't be fair to anyone from their camp, from Yair Lapid camp and Michaeli camp. They're saying that Yair Lapid is not the leader of the camp. But if you ask someone from Yeshatid, they will say Yair Lapid is the leader of the camp. Uh, for sure, if there is leader of the camp, it will be Yair Lapid. Um, but the answers are different from different party to the other. And obviously, there is a lot of politics. Uh, Benny Gantz and Yair Lapid are not best friends. Lieberman and Yair Lapid. Um, there was a black cat between them uh, during the fight um, with the committee of the teachers right before the elections. Lieberman was uh, tougher than Yair Lapid and there was argument between them. Michaeli and Lapid obviously are not friendly to each other because he blames her for, the, for losing the elections and she blames him. So it's very tricky, like every in every camp, um, but this is the situation. Thank you. Merdad Kansari asks, is the ongoing protests in Iran helping Netanyahu's position vis-a-vis -vis the US, especially as there is a reluctance on the part of the Europeans to resume JCPOA talks? I don't know. Uh, I, I, regarding the Iran, I am just hearing what you are hearing. Um, I, I don't know if the, I'm sure that Israel is in looking at the protest and seeking ways to use it, but I'm not sure how and what, if they're planning to do something. Um, I had a chance to talk with Yaakov Nagel, 
which was the head of the Malal, the Center for National Security. And he said that it's not a secret. He also talked about it in the news. He said that he thinks that this government will try to uh, will try to be more aggressive about Iran. Uh, I don't know what it means. If it means acting uh, militarily or maybe international arenas, I don't know. I'm not sure I'm the person to to talk about it. Thank you. Uh, so Jack Wasserman asked, what will happen to or with Ayala Shaked? Uh, I don't know. I heard this week that she uh, enlisted to the Likud and uh, to be you know, someone that can vote in the Likud and to choose people. Uh, maybe it means that she inspired to gain back her political career in the future in the Likud. Thank you. And Barack Korkmaz ex uh, expands upon our earlier question about Gantz. Uh, do you think that Gantz can uh, balance the far-right effect on the Netanyahu government? And would he be a defense minister? And if yes, what would Ben Greer and Schmatrich do then? I don't think ba Gantz will be defense minister. As it seems for today, Yoav Gallant is going to be the defense minister. As I said before, I don't think Gantz, if he will join, it won't be now because the voters of the camp of Netanyahu uh, wouldn't uh, be pro, wouldn't like it. And I think Netanyahu, even if he wants to balance the government, at least in the beginning, he will try to satisfy his voters and maybe then invite Gantz for the government. Um, it will be interesting to see if it happens and how, if Gantz goes along with all his party or not. But again, it's something that I don't see it happening in the near future, maybe in a few months, a year, I don't know. It's very much depend on how this government will work together and I don't know how they will work together. So I can't really tell. Thank you so much. One last question on uh, Gantz there. Uh, do you think that he didn't release the body because uh, he couldn't uh, secure an exchange, like you mentioned? Um, maybe. Maybe they couldn't secure an exchange because the body of the prisoner will go to the PLO and the bodies of the soldiers are in Gaza, in the hands of Hamas. So maybe it's related um, I don't know. Uh, in the eyes of the families of the victims, it doesn't matter because in their eyes, what matters is that the bodies won't be released and that the Palestinians won't celebrate. Um, so that was the main concern for these families. Um, I'm not sure what was really Gantz's um, concerns or what he thought about. Absolutely. Thank you. And Murray Feldman, uh, so we had the recent article about Israel needing to take over the Temple Mount. Uh, do you agree? And what are your thoughts on that, that article that came out? I think the Temple Mount is a symbol to Israel's sovereignty. Um, it's interesting because I just saw a message of Jordan saying that uh, it expects the new government to keep the status quo 
in Temple Mount. Um, I don't think Israel will do something extreme about Temple Mount. Uh, it didn't do before under Netanyahu governments or other any government. But I think Temple Mount is definitely a symbol for Israel's sovereignty. Absolutely. Uh, and before we go, you're, uh, we started off this webinar talking about the, the laws that the new coalition is trying to get passed. Uh, as of now, where do they stand and what are those laws specifically? The laws, as I said, are the law that giving Itamar Benville more power over the police. Uh, it's a law that will uh, enable enable uh, Smotrich to be minister of uh, finance, but also have control over the Kogat. And a law that will um, enable Derry, Arya Derry for the head of Shas to be minister. Um, I think I think I mentioned all the laws which are under discussion or debate. I think, yeah. Okay, great. Yes, we, we've heard those. I was just making sure we haven't missed any uh, new ones coming out. All right. Well, thank you so much. We've come to the close of our webinar and podcast. Neva, thank you so much for taking time to update us tonight. Thank you for having me. Of course. For our viewers and listeners, please join us Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern with Emmanuel Atulengi discussing Iranian operations in Latin America. Thank you all for joining us and I hope you have a wonderful day.